0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year. April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis and we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological planetary and evolutionary cycles we are a part of this is really going to be an amazing virtual festival i do hope that you will join us we have tickets for sale now the link is in the show notes but you can go to sacred sexual music all right let's get to our guest today Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, If you're a woman, I want you to listen up with ears and think about all the men in your life. And if you're a man listening to this podcast, this is going to be a really important podcast for sexual health and men and finally opening up uh, to having a conversation about this. So I'm really excited to introduce my guest today. Uh, We actually haven't talked about this subject yet on the Path 11 podcast. But my guest today is Ian Faulkner, and he is a presenter. At is going to be a presenter at the Sacred Sexual Music Festival. And as you guys know, we've had a lot of these presenters on so far on the podcast. And that event is happening April 16th, 17th, and 18th. Path 11 Productions is bringing it all to the world uh, virtually. So we had to do a virtual conference this year. And tickets are for sale at sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. But let me tell you a little bit about Ian first. And we're eventually going to get into a little bit of what he's presenting at the festival but he has a wealth of information. We're going to talk about sexual health um, and men and uh, really bringing this conversation to the forefront today. So uh, Ian is a body worker. He focuses on sexual health and education for men and women, but primarily his clients are males. Uh, he trained with Kathy Jesse in intimacy education, and he is an intimacy educator. He also brings his interest in Sufism, Buddhism, Christianity, and Taoism into his body work. He also has training in Traeger. Am I pronouncing that right? Traeger Massage?
1: That's correct, yes. Okay. Uh,
0: which is an alternative medicine and intimacy education. And he offers a full spectrum view to healing and well being. He has his first book coming out very soon called Sexual Solutions for Real Men. So, Ian, welcome to the Path 11 podcast.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, quite delighted to present the topic.
0: Yes. Um, so uh, when we were kind of talking before we came on the show, you held up a book that I remember secretly reading as a young girl. Uh, my cousin had given it to me and it was all about, you know, the woman's body and sexual health and what happens with our periods and all of this stuff. And you held up and actually an older edition, but I'd like you to hold this up uh, now because I bet you there's a lot of people that have read this.
1: Okay, this is a a very significant book that came out uh, in 1972, I believe. And uh, prior to that time, women didn't talk to each other. Let me just stop
0: you for one second, because some people may not be watching this. Can you let people know the title of the book? Um, Some people will be watching the video and other people will be listening.
1: Okay, it's uh, Our Bodies, Ourselves, came out in 1972. And it was uh, a book that introduced uh, sexual health to women and things such as uh, breastfeeding um, at the time if women had any problem whatsoever they were given a hysterectomy and so women started talking to each other and saying well there's very simple benign solutions and uh, so from 1972 onwards women started breastfeeding they started taking care of their own health using herbs and and vitamins and exercise so as to avoid, draconian kind of medical treatments. So that's uh, that has never happened for men. So women started talking in 1972, but men have not talked about sexual health. It's like a taboo topic. I think men are afraid to talk about these things because they represent, this is just my theory, represents weakness and men don't like to talk about weakness. So there are solutions that have existed for thousands of years, and I'd like to present some of those solutions. And I'd like to, more than anything, get men to start talking about their health. We're 50 years behind women in this area. So I'd like to be, and I'm bringing out a new book specifically to get men talking, and I'm kind of tailoring it to women to give to their male friends to try and get this taboo out of the way.
0: Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about maybe what is in your book? Like how how do you begin to get men to talk? I mean, here's this book, right, that can elicit conversation. But what are some of the topics or chapters that you have in your book that you really focused on to pull this conversation out in men?
1: Okay. well, um, the main thing about male health that uh, they need to talk about uh, is prostate enlargement. Now, um, at, in the later teenage years, the prostate begins to grow, and unfortunately, it's one of the properties of the male body that it keeps on growing, and eventually it becomes a problem. And men don't like to talk about these issues. They figure, well, that's not going to happen to me till I'm 80 years old. But the fact is, and this will shock most men, is that 30% of men will be suffering from minor prostate enlargement issues by age 30. And forty wow. percent will be suffering by age forty, and fifty percent will be suffering by age fifty. So this is not an obscure topic. It's only the fact that men have not talked about it that it it is uh, a topic that men are unaware of. Most men think it's not going to happen till I'm eighty. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, for myself, uh, I had problems happening when I was thirty-five, and you tend to think, well. I must be a very, very unlucky person. But no, it's it's a common thing. By age 50, one in two men will be suffering from the problem. So wow. that's why it's so important to get the message out. Uh, women uh, knew all these things in the 70s. And men still, the average man that I talk to, that client that comes to me, to say they're 40 years old and they're having problems, they think, well, what's wrong with me? Why me? And you can say to them, well, 40% of men are going to be suffering at your age.
0: And so, because I don't know that much about male health, what are some of the maybe signs or symptoms? uh, You know, if we have men listening that, because I mean, I'm shocked right now. I was thinking that yes, the prostate, I remember my dad ended up having troubles with it. He would get his PSA levels tested. He ended up having, um, having a surgery, I believe, to have that uh, removed because it was indicative of cancer. So he opted to have it come out. Um, but, you know, he was he was in the 60s. So I kind of thought that the prostate was more of like an older man thing um, that they have to take care of and deal with. I had no idea it could reach men as early as in their 30s.
1: Well, um, that's an important thing is that uh, I'm referring to natural prostate enlargement, which is not related to cancer. Okay. Um, it's a it's a natural process. Um, uh, I'm not going to talk about prostate cancer. It's a relatively rare thing. Um, An important thing for men to realize is that uh, prostate cancer can occur at a young age. And the simple way to deal with it is to get a a PSA test, as you mentioned. And it's a simple blood test, painless. Um, You just take a blood sample and they can see. Whether or not uh, the, the PSA rises past a certain level, it means that there's a likelihood of prostate cancer. But aside from that, the vast majority of men will be suffering from prostate enlargement. And you mentioned what are the symptoms? Well, the symptoms are uh, reduced urine flow, having to wake up uh, three or five or seven or eight times in the night uh, t- to pee. So this, this is, uh, these are the basic symptoms. And it's extremely common. By, by age 50, one in two men will be suffering from this. Later yeah. on, prostate enlargement, when it gets uh, to an advanced stage, can cause sexual problems such as erectile dysfunction or orgasm difficulties. <laughs> and there are some very interesting things that uh, men should know about. The, uh, the standard uh, drugs that are, are given to reduce the symptoms. Can cause sexual malfunctions such as the inability to orgasm or erectile dysfunction. But there are older pharmaceuticals that are like uh, 10 to 20 years older that actually don't have the negative effects. And it makes me wonder if uh, why are we using these more modern drugs when the ones of 10 years ago wouldn't cause those problems? And so, since I'm an older guy, I have had a chance to. Try the older drugs and then try the more modern ones. And uh, I think it might even be a marketing scheme for things like Viagra so that the modern drugs actually cause problems, thus providing a market for drugs to solve those problems. So so I'm, I'm making sure that people are really aware that there are also a great variety of ancient herbs that will solve these problems for decades ahead of the time when you might have to use pharmaceuticals when you're much older.
0: Oh, wow. Wonderful. Okay. And you have those suggestions that are going to be in your book of those herbs and things of that sort?
1: Indeed. Many men do use these uh, herbs, but if uh, they go to the family doctor, um, some doctors will recommend them and and some won't. Uh, I'm presenting the information, not only information, but I'm teaching men how to research these things on the internet and use terms like PubMed in their search so they get actual scientific information and not just a lot of nonsense. So so I'm trying to help men to do their own research so that when they go to their family doctor, they can be well-informed.
0: Great. and would you mind mentioning what maybe some of the herbs are, or two herbs? Because I'm sure if the women are listening, they're like, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta let my my man know this, my husband, my partner." So, yeah, what?
1: Okay, there there are two very important herbs that people should know about. Uh, one is uh, saw palmetto, and saw palmetto is uh, it's a, a small palm tree. Uh, the berries have been used for thousands of years for treating the symptoms of of BP uh, of uh, BPH benign prostate hyperplasia is the name for the the technical name for prostate enlargement and saw palmetto is the standard herb that's been used for thousands of years and it can put off for decades the need to look for medical help the other very important herb uh, is pygeum and that's P Y G E U M it's actually uh, um, it's a some actually some sources say it's a cherry and some sources say it's a plum tree it comes from Africa. Um, the actual scientific name is slightly different, but Pygium is the is what the herb is always called, and it has a history of being useful in many countries. In Germany, it's very standard. Uh, throughout uh, much of Europe, it's been used for, for many, well, it's been used literally for hundreds of years. Uh, now, it prevents prostate cancer. Um, there's scientific studies. You can go online, do your own research. Uh, it reduces the incidence of prostate cancer by building up the body's immunity uh, to prostate cancer. For myself... My PSA uh, readings, which I've had uh, over the years, rose as high as 6.8, which is uh, quite a high number. If it was uh, 7 or 8 or 9, uh, I would be investigated for prostate cancer. I started doing Pygium, and uh, my it went from 6.8 to 6.4 to 5.8. And now to 4.5, and 4.5 is below normal for my age, so I have no issues. So I've actually observed the effectiveness of it. And amongst my clients, uh, they also have observed that their PSA numbers went down and down and down when they used Pygeum. So there's two key herbs.
0: Wow, very interesting. And, you know, as you say, this can affect uh, men in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s. Um, You know, I can think of that sometimes if men are struggling with erectile dysfunction, that people might go to say, get your testosterone level checked, you know, not your prostate checked. Um, So, you know, people might think that, oh, okay, you know, yeah, men lose testosterone, maybe as they're getting older, and it could be that. But um, it sounds to me that maybe there's something else that they need to check besides testosterone levels.
1: Well, that's a, a very good point. Uh, and there are actually minerals that will increase your, your uh, testosterone uh, levels. Uh, one of them uh, is boron, and you can research that as well. So there are many, many solutions. Uh, so in my work over the years, um, I studied uh, intimacy education with Calf and Jesse. That's the pronunciation, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, and, She's uh, on on Salt Spring Island, and uh, so intimacy education is about working directly with people with uh, with their intimacy issues. Uh, For men, it would be uh, dealing with uh, erectile dysfunction. Um, Many of my clients, uh, many, many of my clients are dealing with prostate enlargement, and some at a very young age. So this is... uh, uh, what I was trained to do, I did, did my apprenticeship about four years ago, and I've dealt with uh, probably many hundreds of men with similar issues. And it, it it astonishes me that none of them know anything about it, because it's a taboo topic. Men are literally 50 years behind women in knowing how their bodies work, what their weaknesses are, and how to overcome these weaknesses with fairly natural solutions. Um, and uh, uh, one is the, the the kind of enjoyable one to mention is that regular orgasms for men will prevent the the uh, will prevent prostate cancer to the level of thirty to forty percent. So scientific studies, very large ones worldwide, have shown that if men do not experience orgasm uh, more than about three times a week, the rate of prostate cancer rises by thirty to forty percent. So. Uh, pleasure is medicine. That's one of the most amazing things is that pleasure is a primary medicine for for retaining health.
0: Wow, this is fascinating. I mean, I'm learning so much. Um, I'm so glad that we have you here today. Um, I'd also like to um, hear a little bit more about how you bring You know, some of these other modalities of Buddhism, Taoism, you know, into your work. I know that with your intimacy education, um, you also do harmonic resonance body work and you allow uh, that type of healing to heal trauma for people. Um, It's sexual healing, it can heal shame. So, how does that work? You know, if somebody's coming to you to, you know, work out some of these shames or sexual trauma issues. How do you incorporate all these different techniques?
1: Okay, well, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, I've actually done body work for uh, over 30 years. Um, uh, harmonic resonance body work is what I call it. And it's uh, based on the work of Dr. Milton Traeger. It involves a gentle rocking of the client on, on a table and uh, uh, you work through the body, the head, uh, the hips, the shoulders, uh, arms and legs in a gentle rocking motion to get people aware of their natural body rhythms. And this work is done uh, fully clothed. So you're you're uh, wearing um, yoga clothes, some any kind of clothes that allows you to have a freedom of, of motion. So I've done this work for, for many years. It's a very good work for helping people to get over uh, a sense of shame, because they can be very safe, they're fully clothed. When I did the work with Calf and Jesse, we learned to do erotic massage for pleasure, uh, and for healing through pleasure, really, that in a nutshell. Um, and it's unclothed body work. Um, so I wanted to take that just to become holistic, so that I could work with the whole body and, and work with sexual issues as well. But generally, I work with uh, people to, uh, I will help them to overcome erectile uh, problems. In that case, uh, it would be a simple, a simple process of uh, bringing the person through massage almost to the point of orgasm but not quite. And then uh, teaching them to use their breath to back off and uh, and and stay there, and move away from the edge of extreme pleasure, and then come back to it over and over again. Um, and I could take uh, men who had suffered from premature ejaculation, say, for years and years, and get them to uh, to not not go there, to stay on the edge, to come back, to stay on the edge, come back. And I would get them to learn to self-pleasure themselves to prepare themselves for uh, sexual intercourse later where they would not be a premature ejaculator. So that's that's a type of physical body work that, that I would do quite commonly with men. That's a very common disorder.
0: Yes, yes. And, and like you said, very common. And I think it affects um, a large range of men. I know I've had so many women, you know, in my practice, um, kind of talking about that with their partners, and, you know, how the sexual health of the relationship kind of declined, but they, you know, the, the husbands didn't want to talk about it, or they didn't want to go to the doctor to see, you know, what could be going on. What have you found? Because I know that you're also very connected to the energy of, of people. And I know, with your um, Taoist uh, methods that you're kind of working with life force energy to bring healing, you know, forward. So have you noticed any type of theme or men that are really struggling, um, let's say with premature premature ejaculation? Is there something that they're like withholding within their energy centers? Is it always based in a trauma in the past? Or is it kind of a disconnect from themselves? What do you what do you notice?
1: Well, I think it's more of a disconnect with themselves, and that would be how I would use, if I'm doing energy work, and this happens in my uh, fully clothed work, the the harmonic resonance as well, um, I work with the, the chakras or the energy centers, and I move up through the body, making sure that they're aware of all the energy centers from the top of their head, Uh, right down through their body and and right down to their feet so they're they're grounded so um, I work with people's energy so that they're aware of their whole body and and one of the issues of premature ejaculation is that uh, if you bring your awareness to your whole body uh, it's a more pleasurable experience but also uh, it keeps you away from hovering on the edge and ejaculating too quickly so uh, so I, yeah, I do work with energy a lot. And in general healing work, I work with energy a lot. Um, I also work with uh, meditation. Um, some people need to work with meditation because they're, they're too anxious. Um, uh, so in many ways, uh, I work with energy to k- get people to be aware of their whole body from top to bottom and not to concentrate only on the genitals, say, mm-hmm. so that uh, they they bring the awareness of their whole body to a sexual experience.
0: And would that also incorporate more of the tantric work um, with being aware of the whole body rather than just the pursuit of pleasure or the end goal? Uh,
1: yes, yes. it's uh, it's, um, And also, I, uh, this, is, this is an important thing that I bring up in the book is that when I did the intimacy education, worked with men and women, and it astonished me in the uh, in the training how complex the sexual response of of women are, and so it's very important for men to know about this. But most men are unaware of the complexity of the female sexual arousal. The fact that it takes a half hour to three quarters of an hour of arousal before a woman is really ready to have sex fully and mm. that's that's another mystery that men generally don't know about so uh, on the tantric side of it uh there's a a, a a need for a deep education by men on how women work and it uh a, a couple of uh a couple of examples i had a woman uh who came over uh, uh from the uk and she was a, she just came to experience orgasm and so very simple uh, techniques. Um, uh, we explored vari- various ways of experiencing pleasure and she said that uh, she was about in her mid-20s and she had not experienced uh, full pleasure because none of the men in her life had knew anything about how her body worked. And so it, it's it's really shocking to me to realize when working with men Many of them, at even by the age of thirty, are unaware of how the female orgasm works, how the female body works. So there's a tremendous need for men to educate themselves on how women work, and this would improve their health because then uh, then <laughs> they would be not so focused on their own pleasure. So it's True. very important for men to not be focused on their own pleasure. If they were, they, Premature ejaculation doesn't happen if you're concentrating on other things. So instead of like doing um, stupid things like concentrating on multiplication tables, if they were paying attention to the woman's pleasure, they would be so busy that there would be no time for them to, to be too quick about coming to an orgasm. So, so it's a very multi-spectrum approach to solving that particular problem. Um, a young man that I worked with, sometimes I team up with, with uh, a woman who's, who's also an intimacy educator. We worked with this young guy who was, uh, he was only about 22, and he was suicidal because he had a premature ejaculation problem. And every woman had rejected him over, every woman had rejected him because of this problem. And he was actually suicidal. He was thinking of killing himself because there was no point to life. His life was over. So he came for five or six sessions, and he lasted for three-quarters of an hour, half an hour. He didn't have a problem. As soon as we, we taught him to be aware of his whole body, to work with breathing, um, there are certain muscle tension exercises similar to, to, uh, uh, to Kegel exercises. Uh, that men can do as soon as we worked with him the first time he lasted over half an hour and every other session he lasted for a long long time then he came for five sessions and then we didn't see him for about six months and suddenly he turned up at an ecstatic dance event and he he came over and he, he said my life has transformed and he had a girlfriend and he was perfectly happy and so uh That's one of the wonderful things about doing that kind of work is that uh, you can really help people to embrace life and and, uh, get everything working again.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my thought, you know, as I'm speaking to you, just thinking about how you're helping people transform their life, but also... Um, just, you know, get re- reconnected to the sexual energy. You know, I, I mean, I think any any client that I've ever talked to, whether it be male or female, that felt like their sex drive was completely gone and it was no longer, they weren't intimate with their partner or hadn't been intimate with someone in a long time. There is a little bit like of this life force energy that dims, you know, within them. I can only imagine, and, and that does seem like probably more of the extreme case where somebody is contemplating suicide because, you know they're just not able to connect in a way with other human beings and i think you know we need that as human beings we need to have that intimacy and that and feel that connection and and it doesn't necessarily have to be sex right i think that there's more to it than the physical act of it but i think it's an important part of the human experience
1: well that's right and uh, as far as the uh, um the importance of love the if 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 men are approaching a sexual relationship in terms of learning to express love for this this other being, it, may, it might it might be a, a man might have a, a another man for a lover too. But right. the important the important thing is to uh, express express love and demonstrate that your loving relationship through touch and and if it's focused on touch in general. Uh, a lot of these problems just evaporate if you're focused on on aiming for orgasm. That's a problem. It has to be more of just a loving relationship, and somewhere along the line, orgasm will happen. But it's not the focus of of the whole uh, reason for getting together. Yeah, I'm uh, fin- finishing off about the the woman who came uh, complaining that no men had addressed this issue. Uh, she she said that. The main problem, she was from the UK, she said the main problem was that men were educated by, in this modern time, they were educated with pornography that appeared on the internet. And so right. there's vast quantities of, of of pornography, which, and I call it pornography if it's just focused on male pleasure, that's my definition. If it's just erotic movies, then it shows the, the woman and her pleasure. So she said that the real problem was that all the men in her life had watched about watch movies that strictly described how women could please men. So uh, she says, "How can I solve this?" And I said, "Well, um, you should demand your pleasure. Number one, you're they're not they're not going to get any action unless they concentrate on your pleasure." And so uh, she did write back to me saying that. Uh, Actually, that uh, Canadian and American men were were uh, more in line with what she was hoping for. She had more difficulty back home. Might have been just her social circle, but that's what she said. Mm-hmm. So, so she was on a world tour to find a uh, to find a solution. <laughs> Actually, that's that's what she was up to.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's another example that speaks to how people can go to great lengths, you know, to really um, just try to research this and learn about themselves. And, you know, the answers are out there. And it sounds like, you know, you as a male had to do a lot of your own digging and research, because, you know, what you're trying to do for men now is to create this community to create this language to, you know, bring them into this century and not have them be 50 years behind women. Um, so, you know, I just think that that's wonderful. Um, I also wanted to ask you too, because I have I didn't even know that there was such thing as erotic massage or that massage therapist could do some of this stuff. You know, I, I would think that that's something that, you know, is like secretly you have to find an ad to find a massage therapist that could do that. I really had no idea. And I don't know if it's just because I've never done the research myself to look for something like that. But, you know, I didn't know that... Uh, massage therapists could be trained in helping people to overcome trauma um, and to help them learn about orgasm and you know their bodies and things like that. So, how does one find somebody like you in their state, or what do we Google? What are what are we looking for?
1: Okay, well there there is an official field of uh, uh, of massage, which is not related to uh, massage therapy as it's usually taught. And sexological body workers are the—that's the professional category. Intimacy educator is another. I I was trained as an intimacy educator. Um, uh, uh, There's—I would look for that term: uh, sexological body worker or intimacy educator. Um, The—the person I studied under, Kath and Jesse, she also put out this book: um, "Science for Sexual Happiness." This is a very worthwhile uh, a book to, uh, to study, and it, it actually, uh, it's written by, uh, hold it up again, it's written by Kaf and Jesse, um, and it covers uh, all the science that is known uh, to discuss the, all the things that I've talked about, actually, in, in my book. Uh, many of them are in there. So in my own book, I'm trying to give a, a full-spectrum solution for, for men. I want them to look at the herbs that will help, the minerals that will help, the sexual uh, knowledge that will help, um, the fact that they they uh, need to cultivate love for other human beings. Uh, so I try to do a really full-spectrum uh, solution I, I like to present everything that men need to know to make their lives work.
0: Beautiful. And uh, let me ask you a couple of other questions too. Just kind of want to put some questions out there that maybe men would be afraid um, to ask someone, but. So I have a couple of female friends who are massage therapists. And um, there have been men that have come to them. And during the massage, they get an erection, or they might actually come to orgasm. And um, I had one female massage therapist go to her supervisor about it. And she said it didn't feel like that he was being sexually aroused, like it didn't feel the energy didn't feel that he was getting off per se on her massage, but that it was just a body response. And I remember her Saying to me that her supervisor had said, "Oh no, men can control that." The supervisor was a little kind of concerned as to whether or not she should continue with this um, male client, and you know, I I've spoken to men before, um, you know, in in my sessions as well, and will sometimes recommend a massage. And sometimes they'll be afraid that they will get an erection during a massage or that they can't control that. Or, you know, what if something like that were to happen? So from a male perspective, and just thinking about some of my female massage therapists who definitely have had a fair share of men that may be there for the wrong reasons, and other men that I'm thinking probably within the massage is is helping something for their energies to reconnect and that an erection may be happening that is not of sexual nature or you know trying to take advantage of the massage therapist can you speak to some of those bodily reactions that people can have maybe just in regular massage because i don't want men to feel afraid um to go and try this modality for fear that this could happen
1: um well that's a good that's a good question uh Regular massage therapy um, does not even touch the sexual areas of the body. It's a very repressed modality. Um, Massage in other countries, particularly uh, uh, in Australia, I have a friend who studied massage there, and they were very open about uh, sexuality. Um, uh, Another thing that... uh, Okay, to to address it directly, regular massage therapy, as used in this country, uh, is not related to sexuality at all. In fact, it's uh, they they talk about a, a donut of exclusion, a certain area of the body uh, near the genitals. You don't even get close to it. Right. Um, so so it's a very repressed modality. Uh, the massage study therapy that I studied on uh, Salt Spring Island uh, intimacy education was specifically uh, embraced uh, uh, genital massage and the exploration of pleasure. So this is a pioneering area. Like uh, there are not many of us that do that, that work. And for myself, I don't do normally do uh, erotic massage. I, I worked with fully clothed people. And I just took that course in order to be truly holistic so I could deal with the whole body. So you should understand that uh, that type of intimacy education massage, teaching people about the pleasure, exactly how to to bring themselves the most pleasure and to help their lovers to bring them the most pleasure and to bring the most pleasure to their lovers is a very unique type of massage work, which is not commonly done in North America.
0: Okay, interesting. And then what are your thoughts? Can men control their erections? Um, You know, do you feel even though this traditional Western massage is not not uh, enhancing any maybe sexual responses, but if a man uh, ends up having an erection during a massage, is that is that something that's controllable? Or do you think that even though they're not touching on those parts that that can still happen for a man?
1: Well, of course, that can still happen. I think it's Somewhat tragic that men should be shamed for having that reaction. Mm. So, I'm uh, it, it makes me feel very sad that, and I've heard men say this uh, who who come for a pleasure massage. I, I work with women, uh, uh too. I, I mean, as a, a team, myself and, and several other women uh, will do four handed uh, erotic massage for people, and mm. we hear men say how. They've been shamed for going to massage and, and they had an erection. So I think this is a, a very unfortunate thing. And it's, it's one of the things that, that leads to male trauma is to be, to be shamed because their body responds in a perfectly ordinary way. Yes. I'm, I'm personally very sad to, to, to hear this story. It's a very common story. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the defects of massage therapy as it's taught. They don't have to go there into pleasure massage, but they certainly should not be shaming someone for having that experience.
0: Right, right. Or even possibly being asked not to come back, because they're not sure of what's, what's happening for the man. I mean, it almost seems like there needs to be an open dialogue, you know, on intake, like, hey, this could happen. And this might happen. And I'm sure if there's, you know, a vibe and a sense, like I said, with, um, you know, this one person that I knew, she wasn't getting any, any vibes or energy feeling uh, like unsafe with this person or that, th- that this was something that was being used for sexual pleasure, I guess you could say. So I, I, I'm sure that there are some cases where people may go in for intent, you know, with that intent. Um, but, you know, in, in some cases, like you said, it should just be more of an open conversation of what's going on and what's happening rather than feeling embarrassed or shamed for it.
1: For sure. I and mean, it's reasonable for, uh, if you're going for a standard massage therapy, um, that's you're not going to be offered pleasure. And so there should be that clear understanding. Uh, that's not normally even talked about. And that's why men are sometimes afraid to go for ordinary massage. Right. That's that should be that's an example of it's things are just not talked about. They're not out in the open and and they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um now, one of, the, one of the important functions, I do a uh, very benign non-sexual body work called harmonic resonance. And it's done uh, fully clothed, as I mentioned, wearing yoga clothes. And it involves uh, going over the whole body in a, a rocking motion, making people aware of their natural body rhythms. Um, I work with this a lot with, uh, with women uh, who have been severely traumatized by other men. And in that type of work, which is 99% of the work I do when I, when I work with women, the purpose of it is to get them to be unafraid of men because it'll be clear from the start that we're not going in a sexual direction at all. Um, and I sometimes get sent, uh, there's women therapists who work with women who have been traumatized and they do erotic massage with women to try to get them to, in, to be in touch with their sexual responses after they've been raped and abused and uh, treated badly by men and they have developed a deep fear of men and one of my most important functions that i get great satisfaction out of is when one of these women therapists sends me woman to work with and we don't do any sexual work at all it's just uh, a, a matter of going through working with their breathing and rocking and getting them really aware of their body but probably more than anything the importance is that here I am as a man and I'm not a threat to them and over a period of working with them for several years they get to be more and more comfortable and eventually they they're able to uh, uh, to relate to men without being afraid so so um, even though I did 150 hour apprenticeship in erotic massage, I only really did it to become holistic and understand uh, how people respond and look at the whole body instead of instead of the way bodywork is usually done where we pretend there's no no sexual response. Like yeah. registered massage therapy kind of pretends there's no such thing. Right. So <laughs> yeah. so, mm-hmm. so I actually I actually even though I did that long apprenticeship and it was a very challenging apprenticeship, generally I don't go there. Uh, when I'm working with men, uh, as far as working with women, my primary role is to not go there and make them comfortable to be with the man who's just there for just to, to help them to heal from their the terrible things that have happened to them. When I work with men, I, I do go into the erotic zone because I'm trying to help them to overcome issues like premature ejaculation and other other problems. I also work with prostate massage, which is another taboo topic. Uh, um, it, it's interesting. Prostate massage as a way of relieving the symptoms of enlarged prostate was a part of Canadian and American medicine starting in the 1890s. It came out of India from uh, tantric uh, yoga. Um, there was Apparently, there was some soldier who suffered from urinary blockage problems. And he was desperate. He was going to die. They didn't have a catheter uh, handy to to allow him to be able to pee. And he went to some therapist uh, in some city in India, and the therapist did prostate massage. Uh, that's internal massage through the anus of the of the prostate gland. And uh, he was able to pee. And he, he came back to his commanding officer and he And he was happy and he didn't have a problem. And it quickly spread like wildfire through British medicine and it spread all around the world. But in 1961, this is a kind of a shocking fact. In 1961, prostate massage was dropped from Canadian medicine and also from American medicine in favor of surgery, where they they drill out the urethra to to make the urination flow. I, I was... In this state, um, this is how I first got into the intimacy education. Um, my wife and I were going to go for a holiday on on Quadra Island, up up island from where I live. And I had this urination blockage problem. And we were going to cancel our holiday because there was no hospital on the island. And I, I was working with uh, uh, one of my regular Traeger clients. Uh, name was Maurice Cote. I didn't know she was a tantric therapist. This is, this is how I got introduced to the whole thing. Uh, anyways, I went to do a session with her and a uh, uh, regular, fully closed, rocking kind of session. And I was 20 minutes late and I, I I phoned her up and I said, you know, I'm awfully sorry, but I got this problem. And I, I was wondering if I was going to have to go to the hospital this morning because I couldn't pee. And she says, oh, you should come and see me. I'm a tantric therapist and I do Prostate massage specifically to solve this problem. And I, I couldn't believe it. So the next morning I went for a session with her and my problems completely disappeared. And this was at a I was at an earlier stage. Uh, it's not that miraculous now, but, uh, right. wow. but uh, it completely cured the problem. And uh, I was able to go with my partner to Quadra Island and it was like the problem was set back 10 years in the past. I had no problems whatsoever. So this therapy, which is quite miraculous uh, for a certain age range, uh, was dropped from Canadian medicine in 1961. And I believe it was dropped uh, because of uh, just because of the shame of the whole process. I think it was Puritanism yeah so for it to be for it to be popular from 1890 to 1961 and then it was dropped like a hot potato there's something wrong there
0: yeah it also makes you wonder too like you were saying earlier i mean now surgery right more money uh we can you know pay more people for that and it's more of a procedure and let's get the health insurance companies involved and you know i mean i'm sure it's a combination of both
1: Well, I I interviewed a man uh, who's 90 years old who remembers that day. He went to the doctor's office to get his problem fixed, and he was told that uh, they didn't offer that anymore. They only offered surgery, and he died recently. He was still angry about it, the fact that there was a solution and it was abandoned. And I, um, I went to my urologist, and he said to me, this is a new, he's a very old urologist. And he said to me, well, you were scheduled for that operation 10 years ago. What happened? (laughs) And, and I told him that I discovered prostate massage and his reaction was, it's an excellent therapy that unfortunately has been abandoned from Canadian medicine. So that's why these things, that's why I think it's so important that I write this book. Uh, I'm almost finished it uh, because These the the reality is that men are not talking to each other and they need to they need they need a book like this. Right. I'm 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 doing I'm doing my best to to crack the taboo and get people talking.
0: Excellent. Well, I would love to be one of the first people to read it. Um, and maybe we'll have you back on once it's actually out there and published. And, um, you know, I, I would love to read it. And we can talk even more in depth about what's in that book. I think this is such an important topic um, for our men in the world. I think they need, they need these conversations. They need these types of healings to happen. And not only for the men, but for the women who love them, and the men who love them. Um, you know, I, I think it's important all the way around for or everyone. You know, when women heal, men heal, when men heal, women heal, when women heal, women heal, when men heal, men heal. So um, I think that it's it's so lovely. This was such a, a, an inspiring educational talk. I've learned so much. And of course, I'm going to let all the men know in my life, listen to this. Okay, I'm going to go back and listen and write down those herbs and check out that book that you know, the science for sexual happiness I had written down. Um, you're a wealth of informa- information, Ian. So um, where where can people find you? Um, you know, where where are you located, and um, are you offering any consults? I mean, just even people being able to sit down and talk to you through Zoom, I think, would be really important. Um, just with all of the wealth of information that you have. But where can people find you?
1: Um, well, uh, you could find me at, uh, and this this would be more of a full spectrum uh, of all the things that I do. Is that a body works that's with an S in it. Body works Victoria ca. I guess I should make sure to, to leave the proper ending there. So it's bodyworksvictoria.ca.
0: Great. And you're in Canada. is that right?
1: i'm I'm in Canada, that's correct.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. well, I, you gave us so much information, um, and I really do hope that people will write in if you have questions. Um, you know, and again, uh, Ian is going to be presenting at the Sacred Sexual Music Festival. Again, that's April 16th, 17th, and 18th. You can purchase tickets at sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. Um, he's going to be presenting there probably more in depth, um, as well. And we will definitely have you back on once that book is out there. And let's keep having these conversations to help, to help our men. So thank you. It was so nice to meet you and speak with you today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm, I'm delighted to speak on the topic. And if men are going to remember anything, those two herbs, palmetto and pygium, are key herbs and they're available in, in every every health food store and, and you can actually buy the raw herbs and, and make it up yourself.
0: Awesome. Ian, thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you're doing. It's, it's beautiful. All right, thank everyone. You.
1: Th- thank you so much for the interview.
0: Yes, you're welcome. So take care, everyone. Please share this. Share this interview. There's so much great information. You know, share it with your partners. Share it with your fathers, your grandfathers, uh, your sons. Um, Let's spread the word of uh, Ian's work to all the men here in the world. Let's get this uh, conversation started with them. So I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. Take care, everyone. And don't forget, sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. Get your ticket today. It's going to be an amazing virtual festival. Take care. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you head on over to the sacred sexual website to purchase your tickets for the sacred sexual music festival, or you can visit path 11 productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, this code is actually going to be for path 11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on path 11 TV, and you can start a seven day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code podcast30. Podcast is all in caps and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over a hundred hours of video and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple Path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too. All right. Thanks everyone. Take care.